Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Undivided episode number 18, Chasing the Dream versus True Fulfillment. I'm your host, Frank J. Maduri, and welcome into the show. And as a reminder, all of our programs are sponsored by Audible.com. That's Audible.com, the world's leader in spoken audio and audiobooks and audio versions of newspapers and magazines. That's Audible.com. Welcome to the program. Thank you for listening in on a very snowy and stormy night and day from where I sit today. I hope those who had to commute or travel get to their destination and get home safely. So tonight, Chasing the Dream versus True Fulfillment. And my special guest will be Marla Goldberg. I'll get Marla up in a couple of minutes. I've got a lot of questions about this topic tonight. What is chasing the dream? It's comparing yourself to your neighbors. We've been doing that in Western society for decades. Benchmark in social class is always, how am I doing versus the person next door, the person down the street? And unfortunately, in the materialism that dominates America and the Western societies, it's centered around the, the accumulation of goods the failure to keep up with the Joneses. A lot of people are familiar with that. Once I mentioned, no, it's, it's keeping up with the Joneses versus really trying to find true fulfillment or happiness. And that's what we're going to talk about tonight, though. Marla and I have had many conversations, uh, including one recently. And, you know, this uh, topic could be a framework, but this can go a variety of different directions. When we get talking, it can go a couple different ways. So I'm sure some other things will come into the mix here tonight. It demonstrates keeping up with the Joneses' socioeconomic class status. And the failure to do so demonstrates a socioeconomic or cultural inferiority, if you will. In recent studies, many people work three jobs just to quote-unquote prove that they could keep up with their neighbors or worry that they'll be less socially important if they can't. The consequences of those actions are catastrophic. As Marla and I will talk a lot about tonight, we call them holes in the heart. That's what they can cause. It also causes a financial burden. The saying, keeping up with the Joneses, comes from a comic strip that was printed in 1913. So this has been going on for a while. It represents living above your means. Consumer debt and consumer credit card debt has gone into the trillions in the U.S. alone. So Marla's going to join me tonight. I'm going to get her up in a moment. She is a certified intuitive life coach and has several other certifications in the area of spirituality and healing. She's also a certified spiritual response therapist, and she's the co-host of what we call the Marlon Jen Show. The official name is Living Empowered and Living in a Life Enlightened. So I'm going to get Marla on now, and we're going to start looking at this divide. Hello? Hello. Can you hear me? Marla, welcome. 
to Undivided. Thanks. Thank you, Frank. I'm excited to be here. Oh, awesome. Oh. Can you hear me okay? I can hear you okay. Can you hear me okay? I got you now. Great. Okay. Excellent. Welcome aboard. Thank you for coming on. I was going to mention later that you're, you double booked your, your book tomorrow night, too. You must be a really good friend of mine. You're doing your own show tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, we are. I'm excited about that topic too. Oh, you're excited about that too, I'm sure. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. it's tough to do the double header. I tell you, I've done it once, and it's it feels like you went through the woodshed. I tell you that. Uh, so we'll begin with the divide. I'm sure you listened to the opening of the show, and and we've talked about this. You know, chasing that dream, keeping up with your neighbors. Versus what does it really mean to be truly fulfilled? So why do you think, and you've had a lot of experience with this with people, why do people, especially Americans, why do we chase that dream at the expense of ourselves? Well, I personally feel that it's, you know, when, you know, coming over from, like in Europe, I think they have a really great life um, vision you know they don't you know they don't work to live they li- i'm sorry they don't I'm, I'm turning this around they don't live to work they work to live which means they, they they take their siesta four hour siesta in the middle of the day they have a late lunch they relax you know they come back they work a few more hours and then they they have wonderful evenings with their family or with their friends and they go out in america they're very driven it's driven to succeed, driven to accumulate. It's, it's in a lot of, and this isn't, of course, everybody. This is just a broad stroke comment. It's driven to accumulate material things, more material things in a lot of people's lives than more of spiritual or friendship. Now, some people have gotten the hang of the balance, and they've got this beautiful life where they know how much to work and they know how much to play and to be with their family. But there's a huge drive in America, in my opinion, where people just, it's like they need the bigger house, the bigger car, the better furniture, the, the, the more exotic vacations. And the more, and it's happening younger and younger. And I think because when I was growing up, just as an example, you know, everything was very basic. Um, not to give away my age, but it was, you know, much <laughs> Many, many years ago, you know, where kids were able to play outside and, and the, the values were a little bit different. And as kids um, started, like people my age started having kids, they started giving them more, almost like filling the holes with material things that they felt they didn't get. And now kids feel very entitled. I mean, young babies are sitting at restaurants with iPads and and iPhones playing, and, and God only knows what they have at home, and the expectations become right. bigger, you know, and, and they want more. You know, like the Air Jordans, when the Air Jordans came out, you know, people who could barely pay their electric bill were buying their children $100 sneakers. I mean, that's... Exactly. Do you know where I'm going with this? Yes, and I do. And that's I, where I think it, that, Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, no, no, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, and, and I think that started perpetuating throughout the course of the generations, where it's like give them more earlier and more and more and more, and it's almost like now what, 
what can they look forward to if they have everything at such young ages? Exactly. You have a two-year-old with an iPhone. You know, it's, it just doesn't make any sense. Uh, and I should also mention the disclaimer on the show, which I always read. Uh, the views of this show aren't necessarily the views of the network. The guest or myself, I've taken the counterpoint position a number of different times. And I may take it throughout some points of tonight. And you did mention something else that was very interesting that I want to touch on was it's not everybody, but it's, yep. it's a big enough. And that's true. It's not, not everyone can do that. And not everyone does in America feel that way, but it's big enough that they, they have commissioned surveys on this. Uh, I was looking at different research. It's incredible. So it's obviously a, a big enough societal void that an issue that they felt like they should test it out. And it wasn't just a few people or several people. It was many people working multiple jobs to just try and keep up with their neighbors or go on the same vacations and, you know, own the same car. So, so it is an issue. Uh, what do you think is at the heart of that, you know, that inferiority complex almost, that feeling of just not being content? Like you said, if, if they have everything, what do you look forward to? If you're handed everything as a kid, well, the people are still not content. What do you think is at the heart of that, that feeling? Well, I think that, well, from, you know, from my position as an energy healer and an intuitive life coach, I come from a very spiritual place where, you know, a lot of times it's about because you feel, don't feel that you have enough of yourself, enough self-love and enough self-confidence and, you know, knowing that, you know, what you have in the moment is absolutely perfect and and what it is. Um, so, you know, that... So I come from a place of, you know, when you build your own love of yourself and love of the simpler things, everything will come to you, you know, whatever you need, all your, um, and, you know, Frank, you'd be better at this because you know some of these more um, prayer-oriented, you know, quotes or, or sayings. But, you know, what you, you know, when you put out, you'll come, will come back to you. But there's... um a religious quote about it. Um, and I'm, it's, a, it's escaping me right now. But where... Oh, that's okay. We can circle back to it. If, if okay, you but do you it. know what I'm trying to say? Is, is that for mm-hmm. me, I think that people just aren't satisfied with themselves and where they're at. And because also society and marketing, the way people market things, it's always about more, bigger, better. You know, the commercial, let's say the one with Matthew McConaughey uh, with Lincoln Continental. You know, it makes it very oh, yeah. sexy to have Lincoln Continental. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's it's mm-hmm. to drive that desire, and that's what that's what the advertisers are paid for to build the desire, and to have people want to go out and spend more money. Why do you know the iPhones? This technology get better, and I'm sorry to use, keep using iPhones, but they're the ones who I just realized. You know, like every year or two, they upgrade, 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 and the phones are getting more and more expensive. And sure. so if you go through, you know, the, the, the eight or the eight X or the eight plus, whatever the bigger one is, and then you have the, um, the X. Well, I, you know, I come did a comparison and other than a couple of things like face recognition, the phones are exactly the same, yet the cost is two to $300 more a phone. Exactly. 
and it's almost like a status symbol. Oh, well, I have the X, and it becomes this, and then, oh, I have to get that then because, you know, Bobby down the street has it. And that's what it ends All right. up becoming. And, and it's even more than just that. It's, it's I have the X, and it is the best phone I've ever had. And, oh, my God, it's so phenomenal. It's like they never tell you about all the struggles they have learning the phone, but it's the most incredible phone I have. And so everybody's like, oh, well, I need to go get that. And then it, mm-hmm. it starts perpetuating that as well. It builds and builds and builds. And the media, you know, Money Magazine, U.S. News and World, uh, which I know is part of that, they uh, kind of coexist, ABC News, et cetera, they put out a bunch of different articles and commentary pieces and things that they took actual imperial da- empirical data and looked at mansions and fancy cars, and they did a whole uh, expose kind of focus on it not that long ago about how that's not the road to happiness. It was like the road to happiness uh, series, and we'll get into this in a little while because it does mention generationally how that's changing with millennials and how they don't see that as being like the be-all and end-all for them. They're much more experiential than having the actual tangible goods, like having the status of a house. They'd rather travel and get experiences and not be tied down to things. So they don't want to take care of a boat or some kind of fancy car, generally speaking. Um, How do you think that those generational changes, do you think that will impact this trend in the future, this trend towards trying to keep up with your neighbor? Um. Thinking yes and no, and the reason I say mm-hmm. yes because it's more experiential and and there's a and to me it's like I want to see the world I want to experience different teacher, teach people and cultures and places and foods and you know I'm very tactile so let me go and touch feast you know see feel um, but on the other hand there's still that drive to make more money than your parents because. Like, for example, our generation tried making more money than our parents. <laughs> Excuse me. And, you know, go, it goes backwards that way. Um, and I do still think that there is that uh, eye on becoming, you know, um, an under 30 millionaire. I think there are people, a great amount of people that are really driven in that direction strongly. But I think you are mm-hmm. right in terms of, a lot of the millennials are also incorporating, you know, instead of giving me for a wedding registry, instead of giving me, you know, China, I don't care about the fancy China and silver that we don't want to clean anyway. You know, give us money, let us go travel, or, you know, get something that we want. Right, right. We're at, and we're at 715 Unbelievably, it does go by fast. We're at our 15-minute break. I'll give Marla a second to get a drink of water and catch your breath a little bit. You are listening to Undivided, episode number 18, Chasing the Dream versus True Fulfillment. I'm Frank J. Maduri, your host, Marla Goldberg, along with me as my special guest co-host this evening. And the promotion for the upcoming show is the Marla and Jen Show. How funny. Uh, tomorrow <laughs> night, Thursday, March 22nd, 7 p.m. Central Time, Central, 8 p.m. Eastern. Uh, and tomorrow, that's on the Life Coach Chat Channel. That's where you guys will reside tomorrow night on Living Empowered and Enlightened Life. 
And tomorrow's episode will look at spirituality and religion. So that should be a very interesting show. And just a reminder, Catholic Charities, 1-800-919-9338. That's Catholic Charities, 1-800-919-9338. Give from the heart if you can. And in your local community, www.salvationarmyus.org. That's salvationarmyus.org. Enter your zip code to donate in your local community. And we're back here on Undivided, episode number 18, Chasing the Dream versus True Fulfillment. Audible.com is our sponsor. I'll open the phone lines in about 14 minutes, 646-716-9397. An Undivided Show, that's undivided, S-H-O-W at gmail.com, if you would like to email a question for Marla or myself. So, Marla, thanks for... um, staying with me here and coming on tonight. We're going to continue on as we look at this segment called The Divide. And I wanted to ask you, because I know you have some background in this and then some other topics, and you've counseled and coached people on spirituality and and in healing. Uh, How did you get interested in that aspect, which also ties to this topic of people that are always chasing the wheel and then end up really not being fulfilled at all. How did you become interested in that? (laughs) This is so perfect for this. Um, So it fell into my lap. I um, I didn't realize I was looking for it or searching for it. I had been going through a very challenging time in my life and very uh, discontent in my marriage. And I met someone who asked, you know, who was talking about how to heal yourself. And I'm like, okay, I'm open, <laughs> you know, because I, I, you know, what was what I was doing wasn't working, and it was that old saying in um, is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. Well, I was tired of that, so this woman resonated with me, and I went to listen to her speak, and I went to a one-day informational, and next thing I know, I'm in her school. And so I went to a three-year mystery school and learned about 12 to 14 different uh, clearing, healing modalities, techniques, um, and they kept adding to my repertoire. And what was interesting is that once I started doing that, things just shifted and changed in my life. Um, And where um, my first, you know, my, my life with my husband, my first one was very financially not driven by me so much, but, you know, what they were used to, he and his children who I adopted. And it was very monetary and it was very elitist. And it was, for me, not satisfying. You know, the problems don't change. They just, you know, you just can throw more money at them. Um, yes. And absolutely. so, I'm sorry, go ahead, Frank. No, go ahead. I was just agreeing with you. Yeah, and, and that's where it goes into this, this topic of this conversation because changing my life has changed, um, you know, how I look at things now, you know, and, and the importance of life. And it's more about self-fulfillment, self-love, self-fulfillment, self-accepting, both the positive and negative attributes of a personality because each one has its place. And... It truly, you know, helps support my life now in, in a different way, in a simpler way that I really enjoy. 
So I don't know if I've given you a full background, but, um, but it led me to where <laughs> I am here. You know, before that, I was a serial entrepreneur. You know, I founded five companies. I kept, you know, going. I wanted the brass ring. I wanted to make my businesses bigger, better, you know, expand, you know, more global. And ironically, now I have a global business, but I don't have the same cutthroat, aggressive edge that I used to have to my, to my world. That's interesting. What what changed for you that, that that altered or shifted? Well, I think that number one, go getting introspective and learning to heal my internal holes in my heart, which you had mentioned earlier, um, which you and I have spoken about. You know, the holes in the house are the voids that are that are filled by external things or by people, and eventually those things and people leave, and the holes are still there. And so my analogy for that is if you fill the holes in your heart with your own self-forgiveness and self-love and self-acceptance, then, you know, the things and the people that come in and out of your life are just the frosting on the cake. So I look at the heart. I used to have a bakery. So I look at the heart as a cake and everything else is frosting. And if those other things go away, you still have really good cake. You know, you just don't have the extra frosting on top. So that's what that's that's really what was the start of changing for me. Thank you for and sharing that. My pleasure. It's a journey. And you're right about that. It is. It's a journey, and you're right about what you said earlier. You know, it doesn't make, you know, chasing those things and, and acquiring those things. It doesn't make problems go away. You know, the um, the. Uh, Rest his soul, former rap star Biggie Smalls used to say, "Low money, mo problems," and it's true. You know, you, you can have all the things in the world. You, it doesn't make the problems any smaller. It actually probably makes them <laughs> manifest in a larger way uh, and more complicated. Uh, what do you think? As we talked about the holes in the heart, I, I had mentioned that in the, in the opening, and and you just mentioned that now. So it's a good kind of segue here. What do you think of the long-term consequences of not healing those holes in the heart from chasing that dream and trying to keep up with the Joneses? And what do you think of the long-term consequences of that, of, of not healing? Well, I think that what happens is, you know, well, a couple of things could potentially happen. The holes get bigger. You know, the wounds get bigger because you don't take the time. Like what happens when, you have a cut on your arm and you keep picking the scab or recutting the scab. You know, it, 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 the gap gets bigger. Um, I think that people, and, and here's the thing, I don't want to sound non-sympathetic or compassionate because I am very compassionate, um, but I think that there are certain people who, the ones that are very aggressively going after the brass ring in, in a, in a very greedy kind of a way um, who will step on people. And those people, I just feel, are very sad. And though they may show, you know, a lot of glitz and, and toys on the outside, what's going on on the inside I think is very empty. And I think that it really leaves loneliness, you know, sadness, loneliness to the individual who doesn't, recognize the riches that they have as an individual 
because they keep thinking that they need more, bigger, better. Give me gold. Give me this. Give me diamonds. And you know, and, I, and the way they go about getting it. So to answer your question, I think it's about um, the people who don't choose to heal, to ne- who cho- a choose not to recognize that they need healing, or choose to ignore that they need it. I think that it just it's not good for them, and it's not good for their family around them. I think J. Paul Getty might be a really great example, the original, <laughs> the first, um, and that he was so miserly, and he was so greedy and so miserly, and he was not a happy man, and his family was not a happy man. And if you – there's a movie that's just coming out about it, or it was just a documentary about, um, you know, all the, the – the, the lineage that's passed down, the DNA that's passed down from, from his ways. You know, where there was a lot of addiction, there was a lot of suicide, there was a lot of, um, you know, sadness in their, in, in, you know, the kids he raised, the kids that they raised, et cetera. And because they didn't heal what was going on, though they may have tried, I don't know if they really succeeded because they perpetuate the the cycle that was started by J. Paul Getty. Now that's my perspective of it. Right, and it just keeps cycling. That that cycle repeats itself. There's no uh, there's no way to to break the cycle because they don't know another way because it wasn't it taught to them. And and you, you cited that the the spiritual side of things. So I did a whole show on healing. You know, if, if you don't have a relationship with the spiritual, if you have a relationship with God or with, uh, you're you're going to get lost really fast. And if you're thinking that this is the be all and end all, and you know, in the material world, you're going to be left feeling pretty empty and and pretty lonely and and pretty broken. You know, at the end of the day, you know, at IPEC when we went through coaching training, they said, you know, if you can make a spiritual connection, a spiritual breakthrough with a client, that's the most impactful breakthrough you ever have. Uh, I think that that's true. And from the experience of others uh, have shared with me, I think it's true as well. So it's just this cycle of if that's all around you all the time, that, that greed, that rapaciousness, that, you know, we have to have this and have that. Uh, the substance abuse couples that, and then you start feeling really lost, really hurt, really sad, very quickly. And that's hard to reverse out of, uh, especially without any, you know, guidepost there. Uh, that can, you can put yourself in a real tricky spot. So I understand, you know, and I appreciate what you shared, and it is, it's true. It's, you don't want to be unsympathetic to someone but that is a, a definite driver of, of what's happened uh, and continues to happen with some of these uh, families that have inherited wealth uh, that, that kind of perpetuates this whole cycle. And then you have other people trying to aspire to be them, and there's no way that they can be. So they were talking about different in the history of keeping up with the Joneses, uh, different American families that, you know, people tried to marry into or tried to keep up with, and they ended up going bankrupt themselves. So it's it's a really interesting division that we, we find ourselves within. 
uh, I've seen people do it to themselves and, and witness that. You know, I have to have this status symbol. I have to have this car because, you know, my friend has it. Or I have to have this watch because my friend got one. Like you were saying before, not to pick on Apple, but the whole Apple Watch thing, that's a big thing. You know, I got an Apple Watch because, you know, three of my friends have it. And, and that's what we do. So I, I appreciate you uh, taking time to share that with me and share some of your own uh, background and experience, too. Do you think that that background helped you uh, as far as, like, knowing when you were in the entrepreneurial world and, and how you were? Does that help you when you counsel people? Everything from my past and from things I have witnessed outside of myself all, all come into play in, as well as my intuition. Uh, so it all helps. And I have things to go on. So when, I'm, when someone's coming to me with a, um, a relationship problem or a career problem, not only can I come in from the metaphysical area, but I can also take so much of my own experience and incorporate it in and help, you know, reframe or remold um, how I assist people by, by taking my experience and saying, okay, Marla, remember. <laughs> remember when you went through this? Or do you remember this experience? Or do you remember your friend had that issue? And it, it helps me go like, okay. And then I take it into account when I'm, I'm guiding my clients. Sure, that, that type of experience has to be invaluable because you know, you know what works and what doesn't. When I counsel some people and, and coach some people in, a, in another environment at, at a job that I have, it, it's the same kind of thing for me. Uh, I understand from my own experience how I can kind of guide them from different experiences that in different situations in my life that I've been in that might be similar. So that is a definite help uh, to have that experience and, and to be able to counsel people almost to navigate them through the waters you've already been through. Hey, don't make the same mistakes that I have. Uh, we're at our midpoint of the show break, believe it or not, at 7:30 on the nose here on the East coast. You all are listening to undivided episode number 18 Chasing the Dream versus True Fulfillment. And that will be back in a moment. We'll continue and transition our segments here in a moment. I'll give Marla a chance to uh, uh, get a drink, catch your breath. Paul Garwood Show, Push Through. That's Paul Garwood, Push Through. Another new episode comes your way. On Sunday, March 25th, that's at 8 p.m. Eastern. Again, that's Paul Garwood Show. It's Push Through. And the topic for Sunday night is an interesting one that I think a lot of people get a lot out of. Toxic people, how to identify them and then how to deal with them. So Paul's show, Toxic People, How to Identify Them, How to Deal with Them, is the next edition of Push Through. He always talks about some sort of uh, mental illness, uh, uh, emotional distress, or some other type of um, uh, social construct in this episode it's how to deal with the toxic people in our lives tammy banfield show kick glass it's tammy banfield kick glass g-l-a-s-s new episode coming up wednesday the 28th 1 p.m eastern that's also on life coach chat channel wednesday the 28th 1 p.m eastern that's a week from today and again 
National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, as we were talking about Paul's show and how he reaches out to people that deal with mental illness. If you or someone that you know or someone that you love is dealing with something that they just can't get around, if you have something stuck in your head and that you just cannot think about tomorrow, please call them, 800-273-8255. That's the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, 800-273-8255. You matter, and there are people there that are listening. Please call them. Food for the Poor, 800-427-9104. That's Food for the Poor. Great charity out of Miami area, 800-427-9104 www.samaritanspurse.org to give to that great organization as well. And we are back here on Undivided, Episode 18, Chasing the Dream versus True Fulfillment. Audible.com is our sponsor. I'm your host, Frank J. Maduri, 646-716-9397. I'm going to open the phone line, 646-716-9397. Undivided show, that's undivided, S-H-O-W at gmail.com. I've been checking throughout the show. Please email me in a question or email Marla a question. We'll be happy to have you uh, do so. So Marla, we're now at the point of our show. Thanks for staying along with me uh, that we bridge to our next segment, which is called bridging the divide. And, And with that, how do we do so? How do we bridge the divide to reverse this trend, this trend of, you know, chasing the dream keeping up with my neighbor, keeping up with the people next door down the street, whatever they have I'm going to do. How do do we bridge the divide, reverse that trend, and help people recognize that true fulfillment really can be found in other ways? Well, first of all, I I just want to say chasing a a dream I think is fabulous. But chasing someone else's dream is what I'd like to address with us. And, tra- you know, and what, how I, what I look at is I look at self-fulfillment, doing things that make you feel good about you, whether it's volunteering, um, helping someone cross the street, just random acts of kindness, is a, that's a good start. Because when you do something kind for somebody else that nobody's asked you to do, I think you feel it's a sense of self-pride and a, a sense of happiness within yourself. Um, you know, that's the baby step in, in what to do to mm-hmm. help the divide. Um, the bigger divide <laughs> is a bigger question. And I don't know, Frank, you and I have had many discussions on, on this, um, you know, how to, how to, and I, I have to tell you, I think it's through education. Um, and, and letting people know that they don't need to have a $1,000 phone when a $700 phone works just as well. And taking the money for something else. Um, there's somebody in my life who's really anxious to go and buy a place, their first home. And yet, because they weren't, um, you know, they couldn't get, them, get it together immediately. They couldn't find anything. They were getting frustrated they texted me and they said, well, where is this area where I'm, where I'm at? I'm in North Carolina right now. And um, they said, there's a sports car. And I said, wait, uh, you know, I, 
and then in tech, we're texting, and it's like, wait a second, take a, take a breath before jumping to buy something. Don't you want to buy a home? Well, wouldn't that money that you would be paying for the sports car be better served going to your down payment for your, the house that you really ultimately want? And through, through you know, texting and then discussion, you know, the, the decision was, you know what, you've got a point there. It's sort of like everybody right now, it seems like the immediate gratification is the thing. And so that's why, you know, it's another part of the wanting to go out and get the bigger, the better. It's like, you know, one car isn't enough, let's have two. Two cars not enough, let's get three. You know, uh, that kind of a, a, an attitude. And it's almost like, okay, wait a second. But if you have this goal, why are you diverting your funds to this goal which is going to ultimately keep you from having your first goal. Let's keep the eye on the prize. And I think that, that, that the need for some sort of feel good through material possession, you know, was the immediate knee jerk. And, and I know I'm repeating myself and I apologize, but it ultimately got to, you're right, let's put the money and keep the eye on the prize. And I think that's a, a new way of retraining ourselves to say, okay, I don't need to have this brand new car right now, I can only afford this used car. So I'm going to get the used car, you know, because it's going to get me from where I go from point A to point B. And then down the road, when life changes for me, I will then be able to get the new car I want. Do you follow? Yes, it's like a different approach, and it's very un-American because Americans want that instant gratification for the most part and want the status symbol of whatever it is for the most part, generally speaking. So it's, it's a, a retrain your brain. And it also has a, you know, a, a deeper meaning as far as, like you said, volunteering, uh, random acts of kindness, putting yourself out there. And religion and spirituality have a lot uh, to do with that. If you think about loving your neighbor ahead of yourself and, and, most of us, myself included, have to check myself every day and say, I have to think about this outside of myself. Uh, my wife handed me something earlier today uh, that a teacher wrote an open letter about the school shootings and saying, you want to stop school shootings, you know, look at other people, not just yourself. Look out for the kid in the back of the room. Look out for the kid that's ostracized at lunch. You know, go up to them, talk to them, get off of your phone. That's going to stop school shootings. And this is from a guy who had 24 years' experience as a teacher. You know, it's looking outside of yourself. It's not thinking about, oh, I want the coolest phone. If I don't have it, then I'm upset about it. And that's what I'm thinking about. That's what I'm focused upon. Or like you said before, the sneakers. Sneakers are such a huge thing, you know, this, this symbol. You know, my friends who have kids, it's all about who has the latest shoe the, from some NBA player, you know, the Stephen Curry shoe or the new LeBron James shoe, whatever it is. And they're thinking about that and how they're going to get that or that they don't have that. And they're not thinking about what they can do for their classmate or for someone else. So I think that is, it's a very good point if we start to think outside of ourselves and start thinking about what we could do to actually help other people, that would would change. Uh, And I think probably pretty uh, dramatically as well. What do you think is the role of coaching in this? Because I always like to circle back to coaching, being that we are on the Coach Radio Network, and you and I are both in the coaching area, both certified. 
uh, what's the role of coaching? Particularly, I had people ask me about intuitive coaching, what you do. Uh, what is the role of coaching, intuitive coaching, and spiritual healing in finding that fulfillment? Well, I think coaching is a great way for people who don't know how to get from point A to point B to ask for help, to get out of their way and say, okay, I'm, this isn't working. I need somebody with some experience who can help me get to where I, I need to go. Um, I think we all use intuition. Some people are more aware of it than others when they're getting their messages. So when I coach, not only do I use, um, I use all my tools. You know, sometimes the energy, I, you know, clearing is needed. Um, sometimes it's, it's, it's common sense. Sometimes I do get messages for um, the individual that I'm talking to that has said, you know, that, so when I get a message, it's almost like, you know, someone standing behind you, sort of like tapping on your shoulder, like saying, tell them, tell them, tell them, tell them. <laughs> so it's like, okay, I hear you. And then I share the message with them. And though it may not mean, you know, I, I may not understand the message. The person receiving the message understands what I'm saying. And I think whether it's, you know, the IPEC training or the intuitive training, it's, it's to help people you know, maneuver their journey. And, you know, as we all know, there's a lot of bumps and, and ebbs and flows to life. And sometimes we just have a hard time, you know, figuring out which way to go. Or it's that whole Wizard of Oz thing. You can go to this direction or you can go to that direction, which is the direction to go down. And a lot of people freeze when they have multiple options to choose from. And they just need somebody who is unbiased but who they know is on their side. I know from my personal experience, when I have a, a client, you know, my goal and objective has nothing to do with me. My goal and objective is truly for the well-being and the accomplishment of my client's goals to be met for them. And the only time I would probably get into um, a discussion of maybe wanting to veer away is if it's not a healthy goal. A perceived mm-hmm. healthy goal. Mm-hmm. Right, that, or something that, that could cause, yes, or something that could cause harm to someone else. Of course, we have the whole code of ethics and all that. But as far as it's, it, we constantly have to remind ourselves it's not our agenda, it's about the client's agenda. And I think it's very important that we separate that out and allow them, you know, whatever they're going through in their lives, to be there to actively listen uh, to recommend solutions. So that's a, those are all very good points. Uh, why do you think people are so averse or apprehensive to exploring that avenue of true fulfillment, uh, you know, beyond, you know, other than the material side of things? So people, why do you think people are so averse to that? I think that there's a lot of, you know, people are not, People are grown up, uh, when they're raised, they're raised in cycles. So if you come from a negative background, so for example, if you come from somebody from the Depression era and they had to scrimp and save and, and do, you know, what we would consider some, some very um, crazy kind of things, you know, to get their, their way, 
and they bring that into their current life, they have some limiting belief systems that are inherent then in their DNA. And, you know, or you have somebody who's very critical and judgmental that you grew up with. And all, that you, all you felt they did was you couldn't do it right, you couldn't do it well, and they criticized you. And so you grow up saying, I can't do this, I can't do this, I'm not good enough. There's an unworthiness program that goes on. There's, um, you know, programs of low self-esteem and low self-confidence. And what I do, you know, is, is work with those cycles and trying to break the cycles and clear those blocks um, that people have. And I think that stops a lot of people from moving forward. I think people have lots of fabulous ideas, but they stop themselves before they even get started because it's like, oh, this is a great idea. Oh, I can't do this. Oh, it'll never work. Or they have somebody in their corner yep. saying, that'll never work. Well, what kind of an idea is that? Oh, that's so silly. Well, mm-hmm. did people think Facebook was, you know, people thought Facebook was sort of silly at the beginning, you know, and now look at it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Zuckerberg's laughing all the way to the bank, you know. Oh, well, not man. this week, but. <laughs> that idea is silly, man. Oh, man. But oh, boy. It, it, but that's it's... why I think it, it, it gets it gets in the way of people's trajectory forward. How about you, right. Frank? It, How does it feel for you know when you work with your clients? Yeah, it's very true. I, I find that they get stuck in these blocks all the time. And and it's a very human thing. You know, they they get so caught up in the well, how is this gonna look? Or how is this going to be perceived if if I do X instead of my friends are all doing Y? It's almost like it, it's almost kind of kind of pure pressure times five. You know, what am I going to do if if so and so says that's a dumb idea? You know, uh, they get stuck in these limiting beliefs that they can't seem to get around, and that's what I've found. Those blocks can be really detrimental, like you said, it can short-circuit the idea before it even starts. And I have to try and constantly keep them on track of, you know, you've got to get this through your mind that that's a good idea at the core that I think you're going to be a lot happier if you actually took the time to, to walk this through, let's say. And at least you could say you tried it, you know, the what's the worst-case scenario type of thing. You know, if it doesn't work out, you can at least say that you took those steps, you know, the, but, uh, I'm sorry. Yes, go ahead. I was just going to say, and the other side of that is people don't want to fail. They're afraid to fail because God forbid anybody has a failure under their belt. So they do prefer not to take the chance and not to, to, to know that whether they're going to succeed or not succeed but to get that experience under their belt. Right, make, exactly. And do it, you have that too, Frank? It does Frank? a lot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, 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 it be, and it creates this whole other aura that shouldn't be there where they almost have an inferiority like, well, this is doomed to fail before we even take step one. And you're saying, okay, you can have this belief in your head that because this happened four years ago, it's going to repeat itself. That's not true. So then you have to ask this, the questions of what do you see is different now than what was different in your life then? 
uh, it's not, you have to make them understand it's not the same situation that they were in. And I think that does help people, you know, navigate those things. But kids learn from a young age, you know, that's the bottom line, that uh, material things are happiness. You know, like you said earlier on the show, you know, if, if they're getting handed Air Jordans, you know, at a young age, they get that is in their, in their brain that, okay, this is what I have to do to be happy. I have to buy a lot of stuff. I have to surround myself with stuff, but that, that more is never enough. You know, then it's going to be, you know, like the movie uh, Wall Street, you know, which yacht is big enough for you, you know, to jet ski behind. When is it ever enough? When does it ever end? And, and that's a big part of this, too, that uh, westernization of this whole thing and the, and the greed-driven you know, activity that goes on. Uh, I don't know if you'd agree with me uh, in there, but that's, uh, that's what's happening. You know, uh, it's, it's happening in a generational thing, too, as, as I'll get to in a moment. Uh, you know, there are younger generations we touched on before, that the millennials. The role of uh, of the millennial, the younger generation, could seem to shift this, as we had said before. You know, it's kind of yes and no, but the consumer outlook is shifting too. Um, so, do you think that the younger generations will kind of drive this home? Uh, you know, if they're used to uh, living life in a certain way through experiences, uh, moving away from maybe owning businesses and working in the local community and connecting with people, all this part of this grown locally, sourced locally, organic movement, the organic, you know, let's bring back small brick-and-mortar businesses again. We see some of this underlying. Do you think that speaks to a trend where this will will move beyond where it was in, in let's say, the 80s and 90s? Well, I hope it is. And, and I say that because I think that the, the – the young people coming up now are, you know, in a deficit. They go to college that is ridiculously expensive, but, you know, education, okay, it's worth it. Um, But then they come out of college and there are less jobs and less jobs. And they have to either, they go one of two ways. You know, you can, you, you go very back to basics or you get very ingenious and you come up with new things. And, and, and new ways, new things to, to bring into our lives to either make lives happier or um, easier or more efficient. And, and that's where I think the change is coming from um, with the younger people. I, I, you know, jobs are not as easy to come about for them. You know, kids coming out of college. You know, a lot of kids, how many of them, not even kids. I mean, we're talking about people in their 30s can't make it on their own and they still live at home with their families. You know, they're trying a lot of them. Right. Um, right. And, yes. you know, so that's where when, you know, the other generations would come out of school and at least had an easier time of getting a job than they do now. And that's where I think it's going to, things are going to have to go back to simpler times and you're, or there's going to be a greater divide between the haves and the have not. And it's all perspective, right. too, because and, there are people who live very simply but who feel that they are the richest people in the world because they're happy. They've got family. They have friends. They have, you know, laughter in their life, where some of the people with the haves 
don't have anything. I mean, you know, they have people, but when they're, they're in need, are they going to be there for them? You know, are they just fair weather friends? Or are they legitimately... Yeah, not working, you know, like you said before, they're bringing home work, they're consumed by it, and they don't have anything else. The the rest of the existence is rather shallow or consists of of things that, you know, they do just to keep up with other people versus what they really want to do. I know sometimes with, with clients, you know, we'll ask them, you know, what do you really want? That, that whole setup and, and how is what you've been doing getting you what you want? Like, how has that been working so far? And that will uncover a value. And they might say, you know, I want to slow down or I want a better work-life balance or I want to spend more time with my family. Okay, well, great. What is what you're doing right now serving you? How well is that serving you? And then you provide them with, if I told you, you know, I could help you find another way with less cost, how interested do you be? That that's the um, that's the ticket right there. Most most people are are at least willing to hear you out. Uh, you've probably had that in your experience too. You know, we have to 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 shift. You know, our societal conversation. I mean, we have to you know reinvent what we do. It's it's not working. We keep uh, shifting around. There's uh, a bunch of different. Uh, sentiments out there that, you know, feel that we're kind of heading on that course. Um, and if, Marla, thank you very much. You one more second. I just wanted to say sure. one thing. The only constant is change in our life. And if we can't change with the constant, then we find ourselves stuck. So, you know, I, I just wanted to hit on what you were talking about, about you know the change, changing the way you you perceive something or or go after something. You know, change is not a negative thing. Change can be very very positive. I just wanted to leave it you can. with that. Oh no, 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 yeah, absolutely, it can be, and people think it's daunting. And you're right, it could be such a positive thing. Your life is a testimony to that. There's a movie I had Nick Marchese on the program uh, a couple shows ago. And uh, before the Brenda Baird show, which was two weeks ago, which oddly enough, we were in a Nor'easter two weeks ago when Brenda was coming on. I found myself in the same spot. But Nick came on and uh, talked about movies, and there's a movie called Happy. And it's shot from that sociological perspective and showing people that are in situations like Marlon referenced before that, you know, they're, they're essentially poor, but they're happy. You know, they don't have anything in the line of material possession, but they're happy because they're surrounded by the things that they value and they feel truly fulfilled by that. So I encourage you all to check that out. The movie's called Happy. Um, Marla, as we hit our last segment here, we're at 7.55 here on the East Coast. Common Ground is our last segment of the show. And then I'll ask you about some of the things you have going on, and then I'll do some promotions, and then we'll close the show for the night. How do we find common ground? How do we change the societal conversation on embracing true fulfillment? What's, what's the first step? What's a, what's a baby step? How do we find that with people that, that are maybe thinking, well, I have to do this to keep up with, with my neighbor at the expense of myself? I guess 
that to answer that question, I would I would I would invite these individuals to think, well, what if I didn't get the Mercedes, but I got a really nice Toyota, and saved X amount in you know in the process, you know, would does it still get me to point A to point B? Is it still a beautiful car? Yes, you know it's 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 a it's a shifted perspective, and it's it's you know understanding that if you're happy within and you know you know that this is what you can do and I'm I'm proud of what I can you know bring to the table for my family for myself and my family then I think maybe letting go it, it helps let go of the need to do what the next person is doing you know it's like the it's like the wealthy person who buys a prius and drives a prius mm-hmm. and goes against you know societal um you know, norms. You know, you'd expect somebody who's got oodles of money to go and have, you know, their Beamers and their Mercedes, and they might, or their Range Rovers, which is fine for them. But then there's the others that buck the system, and they go, nope, I'm going to go with the Prius. You know, it's less expensive, and it's better for the environment, and they're doing something to help more than just them. They're helping the environment. So it changes the perspective just a little bit. And having pride in being able to buck the system. Sometimes being a rebel is good. That's an an excellent point. That's an excellent point. Thank you very much for coming on and for sharing what you shared with us this evening and sharing your experiences and your own journey. I want to ask you uh, before you go uh, about what you have going on, if there's anything you'd like to talk about as far as upcoming uh, events you may be doing or something related to the uh, coaching practice. I know you just came back from being away for a while. Is there anything you, you would like to uh, mention as far as what you're currently working on or something you have coming up? Well, I do, I do have an offer, a special, um, for your listeners. So if they go to my website, with it, which is www.mghealer.com, and under the More button, it has Frank J. Maduri, and you click on that, um, I have extended a special offer to your listeners. So they can oh, check out my website, what I do, and, you know, get a little something back from me to them. Oh, thank then, you. That's very nice. My pleasure. Yeah. My pleasure. You surprised then, me that. Um, yeah, I did that. <laughs> because... It's a thank you to you. It's a thank you to your listeners for taking the time out of their lives to share with us. And I'm grateful for it. And I'm grateful for them. And I'm grateful for you and this opportunity. Oh, thank you. Thank you. And then the... Likewise. Really, the, the, thank you very much. And then the next event is, as you mentioned, tomorrow night, uh, Jen Pastikas and I have our Living an Empowered and Enlightened Life. And our subject is Religion versus spirituality. It's going to be a meaty conversation. So we hope your listeners will join in on the Life Coach uh, chat radio. And that's the closest thing I have right now. I'm sort of taking a little bit of a breath after being gone for so long. That's right. That's right. You're trying to get reacclimated. I am. So but Frank, this has been a fabulous hour, and I again, I'm so grateful, and I thank you for allowing me to be a guest on your show. It's been enlightening and wonderful. Oh, uh, thank you, 
Likewise, thanks so much for coming on. Uh, for sh- again, for sharing and for your time, and for sharing with with my listeners, and for doing that special offer too. Uh, I really appreciate that. That was a nice surprise. I didn't realize you were doing that. Uh, I'll leave you guys with uh, something else as well. Uh, people talk about money and power. You know, people with money have the most power. No, no matter how you know, big your bank account is, no matter how small it is, everyone's searching for happiness. It's like when I talked about uh, the show on, on healing. Everyone has the same basic things that they are looking to get out of life. I still believe that. And if you ask anyone to a person, they would like a roof over their head, uh, food to eat, family around them, uh, clothes to wear, you know, the, the simple things. We all want to feel that, but we also want to feel that happiness and that fulfillment. You know, if you reach out beyond yourself, as Marla said before, as other people have said to me throughout this show and, and the feedback that I got leading up to this show, you know, feeding a homeless person instead of buying that piece of jewelry or those new sneakers, most likely you're going to feel better about yourself is you're going to feel better about helping someone and changing their life versus, you know, I've owned sneakers. I don't even remember what brand they were or what they were, but I remember certain things that I've done in a volunteerism type of, of role, as Marlon mentioned before and as others have mentioned to me. Uh, I remember those experiences a heck of a lot more than, you know, buying something for myself. And that's truly how I think we're going to push the conversation and get to living a life that's truly undivided and being more unified and more harmonized together. And that's where I'll, I'll leave the show for tonight. So upcoming show promotions, again, Tammy Banfield, Kick Glass, that's G-L-A-S-S, Wednesday, March 28th, 1 p.m. Eastern, Life Coach Chat Channel. That's Tammy Show, Kick Glass. Wednesday the 28th, it's a week from today, 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, Marla and Jen, uh, Marla has her show tomorrow night, uh, Thursday the 22nd, 7 p.m. Central, 8 p.m. for us here on the East. And our newest addition to the Life Coach Network and family of networks, Kimberly Frazier. Kimberly's show, uh, debut show, is Thursday the 29th, so that's a weekend one day from today, Thursday, March 29th. 7 p.m. Eastern, also on Life Coach Chat Channel. The show is called Enjoying Life on Purpose, which kind of ties into what we're talking about here today. So you want to check that out. It's a debut. Kimberly Frazier, I've uh, connected with her. She's great. Uh, Catholic Charities, 800-919-9338. www.salvationarmyus.org to give in your local community. Enter your zip code. MAP International, 800-225-8550, www.map, that's M-A-P, dot org, to give to that wonderful charity. And my next show, as we're about to close out Undivided, episode number 18, Chasing the Dream versus True Fulfillment, Audible.com has been our sponsor. My next program, next show of Undivided, episode 19, believe it or not, April 4th, that's two weeks from tonight, Paul Garwood 
will be my special guest, Paul from Push Through. Paul Gar will be my special guest. Still trying to figure out the topic. He and I, I have exchanged emails, so I don't know the topic yet, but that's my next show, 7 p.m. on April the 4th. It's a Wednesday, two weeks from tonight. Thank you again, Marla, for being with me. I really appreciate it. And I uh, hope all goes well with you. And until uh, we talk again, uh, thank you very much for coming on. Thank you, Frank. Bye. Thank you all very much. Thank you to my listeners. Uh, thank you for all those who sent in questions uh, through email or text. Thank you to Russ Terry. Thank you to Danica Treble, for Trina Ramsey, for all those at Life Coach Radio, and again to my wonderful listeners here in the United States and Canada and throughout the world. Until I see you guys again on April the 4th, as always, be blessed and be well.